0: Hey Fags, this is your captain speaking. We are putting out a call for written and audio clips for the things that you're thankful for. As you know, we have Thanksgiving coming up right around the corner when this episode comes out. It'll be two weeks. You have two weeks to get us either a written to friendsagainstgovernment at gmail.com or audio clip of the things that you are thankful for. Now here's the ground rules. You will have a much, much higher percentage chance of having Your thanks aired on the FagCast if you submit an audio clip versus a written clip because we just don't want to read it. Now I know what you're thinking. How could I possibly be as thankful for anything as I am for the FagCast? And we've anticipated this. So what I'd encourage you to do is pick up anything that'll record audio. Your computer, your phone, a parrot that you can then give geographic coordinates to Queens, and lay something down. Send it in friends against government at gmail.com and it would make me and bird so so thankful and now on to the show
1: sometimes you might feel trapped between the right and the left no one listens when you say taxation is theft but there's a place where (laughs)
0: <laughs> Great way to start. That's a uh, maxing out. That's how we start this thing. Is we
1: Max out. out right? That's right. That's right. Um, yeah. Let's 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 get right into it here. Car. I think um, first of all, the listeners should congratulate us for this one. Uh, but also, uh, other listeners, we just want to let you know. Um we're officially becoming campaign correspondents today. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Ground correspondents, yeah. T- Todd,
1: yeah, when you when ours. you win and you bring a lot of like success to the Libertarian Party, will you remember us? Will you remember the little guys? <laughs>
2: You guys basically gave me my start, so that's I'll always remember you guys.
1: <laughs> How weird is that? Because I feel like I feel like a lot of our start came from you, whether you knew it or not.
0: <laughs> this is that this is that scarlet thread. Paz is always talking about the scarlet right. thread between it's, Todd's campaign right. and, and the podcast.
1: That's right. That's right. Well, we have Todd Agopian on today, uh, an old favorite, uh, a friend of the show. Todd, you were on. Maybe well over a year ago, we had you on for the first time. Um, yep. I can't episode even remember. Seven, I think. <laughs> I can't remember what the content of that episode was about, but um, we have a, a, a an important topic for this one. Uh, Todd, do you want to explain why we've convened today? What the what the big um, news is?
2: Sure. Well, I have announced a run for the chair of the Libertarian Party and that election will be held in the may national convention and so that is why you guys invited me on today and i'm excited uh, to be here to talk about it
0: all right let's get into it i didn't realize that was. Why we had him? Mo- I I thought we were doing <laughs> You gonna do something? Sorry, I, I guess I guess
1: <laughs> we doing. I thought well, I thought we were interviewing that other guy who was running for the position.
0: <laughs> I thought we were. Yeah, I thought, I thought we were talking about uh, the the Giants and, and You know, we're a pretty that,
1: big but- mover and shaker group here in the libertarian uh, community. Uh, Joshua Smith has not contacted us. I've not heard one one thing from Joshua Smith. Nick Sarwak haven't heard a thing from him. Todd, you yeah, the-
0: which is. That Possibly the strangest thing is that we haven't heard anything from Nick Sarwalt.
1: I almost can't believe that one. But we do have Todd on here today who is running, who I am. I'm putting my full support behind you, Todd, immediately, first of all, because I already read your plan. I really like your plan. I really think you're going to move some stuff around here. And maybe we'll get into the plan uh, and so you can explain it to other people. Um, But uh, let's let's begin. Uh, First of all, Todd, who are you? And wh- why are you on the Fagcast? Why are you on this show about hunting Bigfoot and and, and libertarian yelling at other people? What's the deal?
2: <laughs> well, first of all, I'm here because um, you and I have been talking for over a year uh, now, and I guess I was involved in starting this, or at least uh, some kind of motivation for that, <laughs> and that was what we talked about in the last <laughs> episode, and that was a pretty funny story, but... Um, but ever since then, ever since that very nervous episode I had with you guys, where I had no idea what I was walking into, I didn't know if I was about to get roasted for an hour or, <laughs> <laughs> or have a good interview for an hour. Turned out to be a lot of fun. Uh, but ever since then, we've been, you know, keeping in contact, and I've been looking forward to coming back. So, who am I? I'm a businessman. For the last 10 years, after uh, getting my MBA in marketing and finance, I've had the opportunity. To turn around several businesses, um, working for three different companies inside the Fortune 500, really developed a, a certain skill set to come into an organization, analyze what's wrong, come up with a strategy, pitch that strategy to leadership, get the funding, and then go after it and and turn around the business. And
0: that's essentially
2: what I do for a living. Um, and so, from a libertarian standpoint, you know, I've been uh, I was a conservative Republican growing up in Ann Arbor, Michigan. Very, very liberal town uh, in Ann Arbor. Um, essentially, when you grow up as a conservative in a liberal town, you get these real sharp elbows, right? And you just start defending everything that's possibly Republican. So <laughs> people come at you, you block and then punch back. That's just what yep. you do. Um, and that's how you grow up. And uh, I did run for city council in 99 as a Republican. Um, and then I kind of took a break from politics for a long time. I focused on business. Um and was just vocal about politics, and, and it was probably about eleven, 2011, 2010, when Ron Paul was making his second run, and Justin Amash was starting to run uh, for office right next door to me, uh, kind of in the county next door in Michigan, that I really started looking into libertarianism, and it wasn't an aha moment for me like other folks have, it was much more slow. It was methodical i took a look at every issue i really dove deep into whether i believed what i was arguing um and i slowly changed on issue by issue by issue uh but even then the two people i named were republicans so it never even dawned on me to leave the republican party i just became a libertarian republican uh 2016 came along and i realized you know that party had essentially left us and there was no real place for us anymore um, and at that point, I, I did some real soul searching and and came to the Libertarian Party, endorsed Austin Peterson in 2016, joined the Ohio Party in 16, ended up joining the National Party the next year, along with the Pragmatic Caucus, um, and and that's my story as a Libertarian. Um, so then, fast forward to today, you know, we've got this we've got this election in 2016 that went terribly wrong, right? We had this huge opportunity two of the yeah. most candidates in history. Um, and this big opportunity to get massive votes, massive fundraising, massive new membership. And um, and guess what, we did fundraise a lot and we did get a lot of new members. Uh, we did get a lot of votes, but we did not make the noise that we could have. And two years later, we were in debt. The membership had fallen way back off again. Um, and, and the party was in distress just two years after having this golden opportunity to grow. Uh, and at that point in time, you know there was a very contentious chair fight going on, and I, I started thinking about it, and I almost ran for vice chair in 18, uh, but Alex stepped up, and I supported him, so I I stayed back. Um, but now I'm looking at it, and I'm going, this is a party that needs to be turned around, uh, right. and, and there I and I know that there's just a very specific skill set that you need in order to do that inside of an organization, and I have that skill set, and that's what caused me to come to the table. announce it's not that i think i'm the best libertarian out there i'm not i'm not the best activist out there i i just know how to do what i think the party needs and i want to put that option out there for the delegates
0: yeah that's an interesting point that you bring up um is that at this state of affairs and i'm not and, and everybody knows that i'm not a i'm not an expert certainly on the lp which is why i refrain from having a whole lot of commentary on it uh too, too much anyway i mean i express my mis- you know much like you did todd the misgivings with 16 and some of the past decisions and stuff like that but um it it's uh it does feel like a party in a little bit of disrepair and and perhaps someone with a skill set of fixing uh is is very very much in demand at that at that point and the other thing that's interesting too is like i guess I, i'm not sure if i had thought about this before well i'm sure i have just never in these terms but i had You're right. Like the most, quote unquote, pure, the better libertarians of our time or of the last 10 years or 15 years have always run in the Republican Party, Um, which is it's it's like it's so bizarre. You know, I mean, the fact that they don't have a home in a dedicated political party that's named after the thing that we believe in is is just crazy. Right.
2: Yeah. And it's exactly right. And and until we can professionalize the party and make it someplace where politicians can run, win and thrive. You know, we're going to constantly lose our biggest names over to the Republican Party when it's time for them to really get serious and run. And and I think we're not that far away We're we're winning local elections. We need to focus on that more, which we'll talk about later. Um, But I mean, we're not that far away, but we need to clear that hurdle of becoming a professional party. Because right now we're not looking at that way. Is
1: is that the number one? Sort of problem that you see in the party is that it's not professional; that it's an amateurish party.
2: Yeah, it is. It's the very first plank of the platform that I put together is professionalize the party, okay. and it's not all about just the. It's not all about um, the image. Okay, that's a portion of it. We definitely don't want to. We have to. We have to have a brand to the party. Okay, so everyone knows what a Republican is. A Republican want small government and lower taxes and that will drive the economy and everybody wins. Everybody knows what a Democrat is. They want to help minorities and poor people and they want everyone to pay their fair share in taxes. Is that actually what those folks do? No.
3: But right. is the brand.
2: That's what the brand is, right? Yeah. And, and it's like I talk about, you know, I looked at one of these top brand magazines the other day. So the number nine brand in the world is McDonald's. People eat now an average of 73 more pounds a year than the day before nationwide fast food launched.
3: Hmm.
2: Okay. I mean, 73 more pounds of food get ingested every year per person. Um, and obesity kills 300,000 people. Okay. This all came, this all was driven by the advent of fast food. Yet it's the number nine brand in the world. Mm-hmm. Okay. So it's massive okay. brand. And, and it survives this these issues. Now I'm fine with McDonald's. I don't care about the brand. But but my point is, is when you have a brand that good, it can survive this issue. Yeah. Tobacco, you know, Marlboro is the number 15 brand in the world. Tobacco is going to kill 1 billion people in the 21st century. Jesus Christ. Okay. <laughs> so now, now, again. I'm not saying tobacco is bad. Whatever, smoke if you want to smoke. But my point is, is that brand is still a top fifteen brand in the world. Somebody,
1: somebody out there is going. Wait, how many people? How many people is the two party system killed in 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 the twenty first century? Yeah.
2: Yeah. (laughs) When I announced my campaign, I said. I said, you know what? I looked at all top 100 brands and those were the only two brands that killed more people than the federal government. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> you know, see, that's <laughs> de- see? <laughs> I, I'm a, you tell that joke, I'm in. <laughs> I'm in. I'm in. But my
2: point is, is when you then go and ask a libertarian, you know, what's a libertarian? We come up with these obscure answers about minarchist and ANCAP and anarchist. Right. Republican light and blue dog, and it's just this ridiculous jumble of words that nobody outside of our party understands. And what we need to get down to is something very core and simple, and that's actually the second part of the platform, but it goes into this professionalized party in that people understand what it is, and it it needs to be something along the lines of no foreign wars. We don't need to be defending 150 countries, we need to be defending one, you know, Mm -hmm dramatic criminal justice reform, not just marijuana. We need to eliminate all laws that don't have victims. You know, dramatic fiscal reform. How do we stop spending $1 trillion more than we are already taxed when our tax rate is way too high? You know, and and so when I talk about a professional party, it has, it's kind of a couple different prongs. One is people need to understand what we stand for. And then the other is we have to actually run ourselves like a professional organization. We should not be in debt ever. We should not have our biggest fundraising year ever. And then two years later be in debt. We should not be struggling every year to articulate who our presidential candidates are. You know, when everybody else has 11 good candidates on the stage and we are afraid to even promote our candidates Um, So, I mean, you never see the national party promoting our candidates at this point, and they won't until May, which is way too late
1: to be relevant. Yeah, right. Absolutely.
2: And then more importantly, when people, you know, 95% of the hours that are spent on this party are volunteer hours. Right. So these people are spending their money, their time, their effort, and it's not having any good ROI, okay, return on investment. They're just not getting the return on investment. They're actually doing things that have negative ROI within the budget. Sure. Of the mm-hmm. party. Um, and, and that's where somebody can come in and just look at the finances and try and figure out exactly how we should be spending every dollar so that you get the most effect on every dollar spent.
1: Right. You, Uh. the last time that you, one thing I do remember from the last time you were on and then from us talking after the last time you were on, and I don't mean to, bring this up as a part of your platform um, but we were talking about uh, uh, 8020 yep. and we were talking about how if we uh, and and I, the reason why I bring this up is because you brought up a very interesting point of the fact that the Libertarian Party as it is today, not necessarily people who consider themselves Libertarians, but the Libertarian Party as of today is a conglomeration of different people who identify differently, where if the main two parties were to accommodate them, they would go back. So you have your blue dogs. That's a Democrat, a blue dog. And and they always will be at heart, uh, unless you can convince them to change. The Libertarian Party's... At a really weird crossroads because it sits in the middle of all of those ideas in some senses, Um, certainly in the two-party sense, all of the people who don't fit into those, two, a lot of them go to the Libertarian Party. So uh, are you – because I know the business aspect of this is the thing we need to focus on, and you're right. People need to understand that the Libertarian Party is a coalition of ideas right? Yep. So it's really important that we hammer down what ideas are going to make it to the main stage and which are not. And that seems okay. to me, besides the professionalism aspect, is like like you were saying before, everybody has their own name. There has to come a point when we go, you can have your own name, you are who you are, but this is a coalition. So this is what the coalition is going to do. That seems Back like here. it's going to be a particularly challenging thing. Have you Have you considered that part
2: yeah, and so let's talk about 80-20 because it comes into play about three different ways in my platform. And and I'm a Pareto Principle Disciple. Look, okay, it's it's how I approach business. It's how I approach life. Um, I believe strongly in the 80-20 principle. And essentially what that means is 20% of the causes are going to drive 80% of the effects. Okay, right. so you focus on the 20% of things that matter most and you'll have 80% of the success right. possible. Um, and, and so let's take the libertarian platform, for example, and that's what we talked about during the last episode, is sure. something like 34 planks in the platform. Okay, very few people agree with all 34 planks in the platform. Right. And in fact, if you do... I would say that you're probably not applying enough critical thought. (laughs) Right. That's crazy that
1: you would even in a political party have 34 planks. That's crazy. Right.
2: (laughs) And and the crazy thing is that's probably the least amount of planks out of the three major parties. Wow. It's actually actually a a relatively thin platform.
1: You can't Um, get away with it without a brand though, I guess, like you said before, the other two get away with it because of the brands. (laughs)
2: Exactly. And, and I'm. Not talking about changing the platform at all that's not what I'm running on I, right. I like the platform I actually probably believe in you know 31 to 33 of the planks on any given day um, and but my point here and what we talked about last time is you have to pick the three to four core planks and develop that core branded message like I talked about before right and I don't get to pick the message you don't get to pick the message like we have to come up with some way for the party and the delegates to pick the message.
1: Right, right. But
2: once we pick the message, then that's the message we have to drive home every day. Every national committee member sends that message. Every state committee member says that message. When we're recruiting candidates, what we do is you say, do you believe in these three to four planks? Yes, okay. Then it's okay to have differences of opinion on the other 30. Right. And this is very different by the way than the watered down message that you hear from the national party today the national party today says everybody can be a libertarian as long as you believe in some of the planks that's right. not what i'm talking about here this is not a watered down message this is an extraordinarily targeted message
1: that right is,
2: you have to agree with these three or four yes. things if you do you can have other disagreements but these are the three or four things i love that, that yeah and that's that's what
1: the 8020 is about. That's so that's oh my god that you're hitting on I don't know if any of the uh people who are running a- a- opposed to you know this or have realized this but you've hit on that very important point is The targeted message is so important, and it's the thing that the party lacks. It's weird because you would think everybody who's a libertarian is anti-war, right? Like, that's a core plank, like you just said. And yet, because of the culture of the Libertarian Party, you'll get people in there who, like, supported the Iraq War, who go, "Eh, you know, it wasn't (coughs) a terrible idea. And it's like, you would think... I I can't agree with you more about what you just said, that that is exactly where the focus needs to be. Let's find three issues that the other – three or four issues that the other parties don't talk about and hammer those home and any disagreements do not get broadcast or displayed because that's not the point. We're supposed to be a party. So I I, I just want to say that right there, that is – that's right where I'm at when it comes to yeah. my idea of what the problem with the Libertarian Party is, is exactly that.
2: Well, and let's take it a step further and talk about how 80-20 can work elsewhere. Okay, so let's talk about fundraising. Okay. Where does the money come in fundraising for the Libertarian Party? Mm-hmm. Probably from the 20% of folks who are willing to give money, right? So you right. got 3 billion people that voted. The, the fundraising comes from this core 20% of the group right. that A, can afford it, B, believes in the message enough to pay, and then C, you actually have contact information to go out and get it, right? And so what do we do with that 20% today? We spend all of our time infighting and going caucus against caucus right? and trying to tear people down, mm-hmm. and everybody who cares enough to have that infight are the same people that are in this 20% that we need to go after for fundraising.
1: Sure, And So sure.
2: so when the National Party does things like that and they go after the Mises Caucus and, and they go after other individuals inside the party, they are directly going against fundraising in, in the opposite of an 80-20 way. They're basically spending 80% of their time alienating the 20 that caused the 80% of the, sure. of the effect. It's ridiculous. And then yeah. on top of that, let's talk about Membership. So who are the next 20,000 libertarians, right? They're not going to be the socialist Democrats or the MAGA, you know, Republicans. There's there's this group of blue dogs and, and conservatives who are right there on the line, who, yeah. who hate their parties right now and are looking for something but don't have anywhere to go. And what do we do with those folks? We apply purity tests. And if they don't agree with 34 planks, then we kick them out.
1: (laughs) Sure. You know? Right. You are not
2: a libertarian. You're not invited into our club. Right. And and so, again, we spend all of our time alienating the next group of libertarians that could come in who probably do agree with those three or four things. Sure. But just don't agree with the next 30 of them.
1: Right. Right. And they shouldn't have to. It shouldn't be essential uh, for a a party to work to uh, – 34 planks is so crazy to me for a small party like that. When, when, when there's so many, you would think Todd, right? There's so many more important things that we do uniquely. People would just, they would focus on those instead. Well, I like that message. I have a, um, I guess along those lines, maybe before we talk about your plan specifically or, or, or sort of, um, what you as an LP chair seeks to do, uh, just one more question. Um, towing that line between pragmatism and idealism in the party. Um, yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of ideologues in the libertarian party um yep. and I love them and I hate them at the same time how what do you think is the best way to manage the group of libertarians who are strongly ideological let's say and then the yep. group of libertarians who are strongly pragmatic you know they look at the situation and they go look if we want to win uh, we got to vote for Dick Cheney or you know, whatever the case may be, no but, 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 but you know what I mean. What, how do you yeah. toe that line? That is that's a tenuous area to be in. Yeah,
2: and that's a question I get a lot. And, and this is the first thing I tell people and sometimes it offends them. Um, but we are in no way unique in that regard. Okay. Every political party has that exact same thing you Oh good, you look at the Democratic <laughs> debate right now and uh, you've got a couple of socialists on the stage. Right. You've got a couple of moderates on the stage. Sure. Um, and then you've got Tulsi Gabbard on the stage. Sure. You know who's anti-war. These are all different sects of the, you know, of the Democratic Party, and they're all on the stage together, and they're debating their ideas. Uh, but the one thing they agree on, you know, is to is that they want to help minorities, they want to help poor people, and they want everyone. To pay their fair share in
1: taxes right other and than tulsi uh, other yeah. than tulsi which is interesting <laughs> because it's the one thing tulsi yeah. supports that none of the rest of them do but um other than tulsi you're right none of them start going oh you're not a real democrat you know only right. tulsi's have that problem and again it's for it's a problem all libertarians face because we believe that one same thing right. yeah. <laughs> so yeah the democrats <laughs> and republicans aren't busy trying to foist people out of the party for not believing that stuff but 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 what we do yeah, that, that's interesting. Yeah.
2: yeah, but even even with Tulsi, there's only a handful of the Democrats who are actually making that argument, right? The rest of the right. Democrats think right. that he should be on the page. And and so I think the point is, is you come up with that core branded message. Sure. And then you invite everybody to the debate, and you have a respectful debate. And it's not about who should get kicked out of the party and who shouldn't. You know, I don't want to kick people out of the party. I just want to say that if you don't believe these these core group of ideas – then this party probably isn't for sure.
1: Right. And then, and then if you do believe these ideas, you have your disagreements, but like, let's push these ideas.
2: Right. Yeah. And, and, and disagreement is good. That's how we go forward. Most of us didn't weren't born libertarians. You know what I mean? If, if I had never had a disagreement, I'd still be, uh, you know, a neocon Republican that that's just blocking and punching every time somebody came up and made a, you know, anti-Republican argument. Right. Um, right. I mean, you have to have these disagreements to get people to move over to your side. And, and truthfully, if people aren't moving over to your side, one or two issues at a time, if it's 20 issues at a time, then, then what is going on there? Right. Like most people move over one or two issues at a time. And you, and you get that through this debate, not through purity tests. You Yeah. So we can all, we can all live together. We can all have these debates together. I don't think there's one caucus, you know, I'm, I, I joined the pragmatist caucus in 2017. I haven't been active in it. You know, do I believe their stuff over the Mises caucus? I don't know. I, I think the Mises caucus has done some fantastic things for the party. They, they raise a lot of money. They put up great candidates. You know, they're an incredibly good caucus. Um, so why would I ever badmouth them? You know, they believe what I believe, except maybe a couple issues. Sure. and so they're the pragmatists. so why, what what what's the point of spending one ounce of energy going after either of
1: them I, I yeah i agree yeah i agree when you you know the ideas are what should win because you're representing uh people in a party so it really doesn't you know that's a thing i think a lot of political wannabes and hopefuls don't understand is you know, when you become a politician or when you move into this area, you ideally you stop sort of fully becoming yourself and start dedicating yourself to representing other people's wants. And and yep. I think you're right about that. I, I do. I think you're right about that. Why yep. would you waste time fighting on agreements when the party says we believe this? Your job Correct. as a, a political hopeful is all right. Then I'm going to enact that. Because it doesn't matter what I think. This is what the population says. I So I, I totally agree with you there. Car. You, you were right. going to say it. something?
0: Oh, yeah. No, I was going to say, I mean, speaking as probably the most like ideologically autistic one of, of the three of us <laughs> on here, uh, perhaps, uh, at least when it comes to libertarianism, I, I agree, like I see this as two different playing fields, right? Like there's the libertarian philosophical playing field, and that's more or less where I hang out. And then there's this political party playing field um and if you're going to step out on to the field why would you not play to win you know and now that doesn't mean compromising watering down the message to the point where it's no longer libertarian but like what you're saying is find the core issues build a brand um that is compatible with libertarianism is libertarianism um but but just cut out all this fat of like just insane well, insanity. I mean, the last, the the last, you know, basically since I've become a libertarian, since Ron Paul in 07 and 8 I always, I've always looked over at the Libertarian Party and been like, what the hell are these guys doing? Like, there, it just doesn't even make sense. It doesn't look like they're playing to win. Now, there's a couple people that. Like I I would probably lean more towards the side of winning is becoming a huge educational or outreach group versus actually winning a national election. I'm sure there are some people that define it as winning a national election. That's fine, too, whatever, however you define it. But at least go out there and play to fucking win.
2: Right. So let's talk about winning. So that's the third plank of this platform. So the first two were professionalize the party, create the core branded message. The third plank is let's win some local elections. Okay, so what we do now is we focus on the presidential election every four years. Um, we do it all wrong. we We don't count any of our candidates until May. Um, we We finally get a candidate, you know, and then and then nobody knows who they are, and we fight that battle for a few months. We don't get on the debates because those are rigged. and then and then we get our one to three percent depending on the year, and depending on how many people hate the other candidates. What we need to do is start focusing on winning local elections. And I'm not talking about US Congress. I'm not even talking about the state house. What I'm talking about is there are tens of thousands of elections out there that are nonpartisan, that are truly local elections where you can actually make a difference. And these are elections that might have, you know, 300 signature requirement to get in or might have a $50 filing fee. So what the party needs to do is come up with a list of all of these winnable local elections that have low barriers to entry and get those out to the state and local parties and say, Mm -hmm. here in Ohio, here are the 112 races that you need to focus on getting a solid candidate in. As a bonus, most of those positions aren't even full-time. You can go and get people that are professional who have careers who can do this part time and deliver a libertarian message and win a city council seat or a school board seat or a board of regent seat. Um, and and this is where we need to spend our time. And and now you can win an election with 300 votes that might only cost you 500 bucks to win uh, instead mm-hmm. of going in with 20 million on the best year ever
3: mm-hmm.
2: up against one billion dollars. Do you know what I mean? Like, right. how are you going to win that? How are you going to win that? And right, what are right, other right. people's gains? So here's the deal. We're not going to have a libertarian president before we have a, a U.S. House Yes,
1: yes, yes, We're yes, not going to have yes. a
2: libertarian president before we have 20 U.S. House seats. Yes. And we're not going to have 20 U.S. House seats before we win 1,000 local elections. Right, and. And what people have been saying for years is that we need to win a thousand, but we still haven't been focusing on the right ones. We're still focusing on ones where you have to put an L by your name. Okay, what we need to focus on first is go out there and have nonpartisan elections where we can simply talk about our ideas. Because we've all been in these discussions where we're talking about libertarianism um, without saying the word. And and this person at a party is nodding their head and they're getting all excited and they're feeding off of what you're saying and then you say libertarian and they're like nah, I'm gonna go get a drink, you know? Right. <laughs> that again, like like okay. And then you see and that's when
0: you grab them by the shirt collar and you drag them back over and you're like, no, you're not getting another drink. <laughs> yeah, <I try."> exactly.
2: <laughs> so,
1: I mean, yeah. Well, well, or you could go, or or you could go get a get a get get a few drinks. <laughs>
0: Yeah, yeah. Actually here, let me give them for you. It'll
2: make a lot more sense. Yeah. So, yeah. But um, but we've all had that experience, right? That deliberate and that goes back to the branding. Until we can change the brand, that that word is gonna mean something to people and not positive at this point. And mm-hmm. so once you start winning local elections and take Jeff Hewitt in California, right? So he won a huge nonpartisan election in California. He was not shy about saying he was a libertarian. It just wasn't on the ballot. He didn't have to run against an R and a D, which is more important than running under the L. It's just not having to run against an R and a D. Right. right. And so, and and he won, and now all of his lieutenants are going to go out there and run other elections. And the Libertarian membership was boosted in that area. And people know what a Libertarian is in that area. And that's what happens when you start winning these local elections. Yeah. We, have, we had a couple of mayors get elected uh, last night. You know what I mean? Um, On Wednesday and or on on Tuesday, we had a couple of mayors get elected and that's going to be huge for us. These mayors are going to be libertarian mayors pushing libertarian ideas. And the entire town may or may not have known they were libertarian, but now they're going to be exposed to that ideology. Right um and that's big and that's how you'll start to win ohio yes, yes. you don't win ohio by having a best presidential candidate Right. you win ohio by having 48 counties be exposed to a libertarian local candidate
1: 1 first. H- 1000% if we if we had a libertarian president you know what would happen nothing and then 4 years later there would never be a libertarian president in the history of the country <laughs> ever again that's what would happen yeah. <laughs> that's great i yeah i i'm in total agreement with you i just I think I'm going to use that line for now. We're not going to have a Libertarian president until we have a Libertarian House. And right now, there's 435 seats in the House of Representatives, 233 Democrats, 197 are Republicans. One is an independent. One. So, yeah. and and by independent, not Libertarian, independent. So, right. we have a lot. Uh, no, I think it's, isn't it a mosh or something it's like that? Yeah. a mosh. Yeah.
2: I shall think, think about that, too, for a minute. I mean, he's a legitimate libertarian.
1: And yeah, and he's not even running with the name. It's crazy. And he went
2: independent, you know, and now I think there are reasons that he did that to, to, you know, prove that you don't have to have a party and whatnot. But I mean, even the most libertarian person in the House of Representatives, when he just got so fed up, he couldn't be a Republican anymore. He decided mm-hmm. to be an independent instead of a libertarian.
0: Yeah, that's, a yeah. it's embarrassing. that's a problem. It would be embarrassing yeah. as a, yeah. as a libertarian party guy. Like now, if,
2: and I, and I hope if, he if I were he one his mind, and I'll welcome him with open arms if he does, you know, but that, that tells you something about where we are as a party right now. Right. For
0: sure.
1: And there's four vacant yeah. seats. If anybody was doing the math and was curious, so we could also win vacant seats. How hard could it be to win a vacant seat? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. So you're right. I, Todd, I, I, I love everything I'm hearing here. Um, let's do a quick, uh, go over the three point plan one more time, bullet point it, and then give sure. me, what do you think an LP chair should be doing? What do you think sure. an LP chair should be doing?
2: Sure. So not so just the, the party plan. Yeah. So the three point plan is professionalize the party, both yes. financially, the message, the brand, Everything professionalize the party, become something that a Justin Amash will gladly jump into, yeah. you know, or the next guy will gladly jump into, rather than just deciding to not be, you know, um, in a party at all. The second point is create a core branded message that comes down to really getting that crisp thirty second. What is a libertarian? Not only so that we can all repeat it, because today libertarians can't even answer the question right but more importantly so that everyone else can
3: yeah
2: okay that's the part of the brand that really matters then we can live through some of the issues like aleppo and the beaks striptease and you know whatever else hits us next we can live through those because that's what a brand allows you to do is get through those issues Um, more importantly it also educates the people that are on the line that can come on over you know, if they believe in this brand or if they start to tilt towards that brand. Um, And then the third thing is to win local elections. And this is really focusing on nonpartisan, winnable elections that have low barriers of entry where we can put professional candidates in and start getting the message out at the local level so that it drives towards national wins going forward. So that's the three points um, of the platform. As far as what a libertarian chair needs to do, it's a little different, in my opinion, than than what other people will answer this with. So in the past, people have focused on you need to be able to run a good meeting. You need to know Robert's Rules of or Orders. I've actually gotten that question. Do you know Robert's <laughs> Rules of or Order? But uh, yeah, I did when I was a fraternity president you know, <laughs> 20 years ago. I'm sure I could learn it again. But please tell me that's not your number one you know, issue.
0: Uh, We'll have to we'll have to get it'll have to be like Beer Fest where you have to get blackout drunk to to remember it again.
2: (laughs) 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 So I mean, you know, running a good meeting, great, you know, but that's not what a libertarian chair needs to be good at. Handling the caucuses is important, but again, not the most important thing in the libertarian chair. What the leader of an organization needs to do is develop a mission, develop a vision and motivate people to go towards that mission and towards that vision and live it every day. And the way you do that in a organization that has so Mm -hmm. many volunteer hours compared to everything else is to make your time, money, and effort as valuable as possible. In business, I always use the term with my teams, let's make as much money as we can every minute of the day. Mm -hmm. And that sounds ridiculously capitalistic, but the point is, is you're gonna be here 50 or 60 hours this week, Like, why would you want to waste five of those? Okay, I have four kids. One of them has special needs. I don't want to be at work five minutes longer than I need to be. Right. I want to get home and be with my family. And so if I'm messing around for five minutes, then shame on me. You know, so Mm -hmm. let's get our dollars and our time to be as efficient and effective as possible. And if that means looking at stuff and deciding, you know what, we're not very good at phone fundraising, so we're not going to do that anymore. Mm-hmm. We're gonna take all the money and all the time mm-hmm. and all the effort we spend phone fundraising, we're gonna put it into online fundraising, or mm-hmm. we're gonna put it into educating state chairs on how to fundraise themselves so that we don't have to help them as much.
3: Mm-hmm. You know what I
2: mean? And and you have to look at all the different ways that you're spending money, all the different people who depend on that money and decide where your dollars and hours are best spent. And you and you go through this process of keep, kill or outsource. Okay. if you're really good at it and it's really important, then you keep on doing it. If you're really bad at it and it's really important, then you outsource it. If you're really bad at it or good at it, but it's not important, then just stop doing it. Why would you spend your time doing it? And uh, and I'll tell you that even the best run organizations need to go through that process consistently. Mm. And and given what I've seen in the last three years, I just I'm not confident that this organization has been treated like a business. And it probably only needs that for two to four years. And that's essentially why I'm running because if we were in really good shape, I'd be the worst chair possible. You know, I'm not the best activist, I'm not the best libertarian. I'm a short, fat bald guy with a funny voice. Like there's there's nothing about me that makes me the best spokesman for the libertarian party.
0: Two appearances exactly. on the fag cast.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's, I was going to say,
2: <laughs> out of
0: anything. That's a real boat anchor. I was going to
1: say, nothing, everything that you'd said, Todd, people could be like, yeah, it's whatever, but you can't look past this.
2: <laughs> but I mean, at the end of the day, the reason I'm running is because I think there needs to be a turnaround. Mm-hmm. And and that's a specific skill set, and, and I'm and i offering that up to the delegates. And I think, so, so when we talk about what is, a libertarian chair need to do. I think that that definition changes depending on the situation the party's in. Yeah. Yeah. And right this second, the party has no definition, no direction, and is not being um being used efficiently. Yeah. And I think that those are the things that the next chair needs to focus on.
1: Yep.
0: Yeah. I <sighs> I that sounds I mean for I'm sure that's resonating with anybody, you know, personally, I've been a part of a bunch of small, not a bunch, but a handful of small companies and organizations. Uh, and you have no idea how much a difference that there is nothing more infuriating, particularly if you're in a management position of doing more of something that doesn't work and having to live with the the consequences of that day in and day out and spending that extra five minutes at work, which often is five hours, um, <laughs> recovering from those incidents. And it's just, it's, it's absolutely maddening. So um, just understanding those fundamentals. I, I, you know, you got to treat it like a small company. You don't have access to the resources the big boys do, and you can't afford a lot of the waste and and stuff like that. If you're going to go participate in the Libertarian Party and participate in the political wing again, play to win. You know, what else are you doing?
1: Mm -hmm. Right, 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 right. Oh, man, I think we hit on absolutely everything. Todd, is there anything you 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 think about? Oh, we didn't hit on that. I want to make sure we get everything.
2: Yeah, I mean, I think the only other idea that I want out there and I want people to start talking about is membership in general. So today you need to pay. Are you guys members of the Libertarian Party? I am, yeah. Okay, but not you, Kurt. No. So, and, and why is that?
0: I'm just not a politics guy. He's so, lazy.
2: <laughs> so nah. here's, here's the thing is, so a lot of people are interested in the party. They go out and look. And what's the first thing that we make them do? We make them pay $25. That's the that ante to get into the game is 25 bucks. You have to make a donation in order to be a member. You also have to do that in the state party. So boom, 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 handout, handout, handout. You know, you're not allowed to be in our club unless you pay. How much does it cost to be a, a member of the Republican Party? Zero dollars. Yeah. Do you know why? Because your name and your address is worth a thousand times $25. Yeah. So why would we ever not collect information, you know, of people who are interested in the party and not let them just be a general member? Yeah. So we had, we had millions of votes in 2016. We have 15,000 members of the party.
1: Yeah, God, we could be a
2: million person party. We could Uh, be a million person party. I you know, if elected chair, I will increase the party. When?
1: No, Todd. No, Todd. No, Todd. (laughs) When? When?
2: When? When elected chair. You know, I mean, like, but honestly, you know, the people who pay twenty-five dollars, are they just gonna stop paying twenty-five dollars because you don't have to? No. You know, the people who pay money for the party are pretty, you know, hooked in. They're going to continue paying. Plus, the majority of that fundraising doesn't come from the folks who pay $25.
1: Right. That's okay? just from not, that's just not a political party, man. That's called a club. You have to right. pay to get into a club. That's not a political yeah. party. That's. And so,
2: and, and I understand from a fundraising standpoint, right? It's a $2 million business. Now I've run $50 million businesses. I've run $100 million businesses. I've run $800 million businesses. I understand the need for revenue. But you have to understand what you're giving up in exchange for that revenue. So if you are selling a $25 product instead of selling a $25,000 product, that is a terrible, terrible decision. So how much is that name worth? Is it worth $25 bucks for the next 20 years? Mm-hmm. That German address in your, yeah. you know, who who their members? You can hit them with emails. You can hit them with. You know, uh, mailers, you can go after them for fundraising or for programs or just for support, you know, or somebody can go and knock on their door and ask for their vote. You know, that it's just a ridiculous notion that we only have 15,000 members. So one thing that I'm going to start talking a lot more about is we need to have a zero dollar membership and we need to be a million member party. And there's nothing that should stop us from doing that. And, and I think it's one of the main things that's held us back up till now. Yeah. And, and, and now, and it's even silly now, you know, I mean, I'm out there every day talking about Liberty. I've been a libertarian for three years and I get all this shit for not being a party member long enough, not giving enough money, Really. You know, not, not being, so I joined the Ohio party, but I didn't join the Oklahoma party fast enough when I moved to Oklahoma, you know what I mean? It's. Yeah. You know, I, I didn't even know I didn't join. I've been getting the Oklahoma emails. So I, I definitely did something, you know, yeah. <laughs> but, but apparently I didn't pay the $25. You know what I mean? Like, it's just, we have to stop that focus. We have to be focused on who wants to be in this party and then let them be a member. I agree. Uh, otherwise we're never going to grow. I just think it's, it's something that we need to start talking about, have a, have a good legitimate discussion on what the ROI would be if we just open up the floodgates.
1: Yeah. Even the, even the idea that like you say, there's 15, there's 15,000 members, Mm -hmm. but a million potentially in the sampling pool, that's really bad odds, even with the $25. So yeah, yeah, that's really bad.
2: And it's not a million, it's millions. We have millions, you know what I mean? It's, I mean, Right. Ridiculous. What
1: did they get? 3%? And there's like, what? 333 million or something like that. Yeah. You're talking about 10 million people is like a, a, a hard limit.
2: <laughs> I mean, the, the, Kentucky, the Kentucky governor candidate last night had 30,000 votes. Jesus. You know what I mean? And we have 15,000 national members. Wow. <laughs> so wow. It's just, it's ridiculous. <laughs>
1: that's, that's wild. That is, that should, if anything, If that should put it into perspective, um, that there's, there's a bleak outlook right now with the way the party has been running and, uh, the individuals who have been responsible for running it do not seem to have any plan on stopping the way that they've been running it. So a change at this point has to be made. If you really don't care about the libertarian party, I encourage you at the very least to fight for the principles Um, But if you do care at all, man, we could up that 15,000. If if, if enough people cared about it, we could really that 15,000 means people just don't give a shit about telling anybody else to join the party about doing their part in promoting party politics. Man, that is interesting. And you get not all libertarians or people who would potentially join that party are non-statists and, and caps and like most of them are just like normal libertarians who don't listen to this podcast. So look, if well, we could,
3: <laughs> if we could,
1: and, and the
0: other the other thing too is that like there are a lot of people like like I'm probably just not gonna. Well, I, I mean I won't say an absolute. So like, if if the party got aligned enough, I guess like I I you know might join, but like. There's a lot of people out there that, if I have p- friends in my network who are leaning that way, and I see the Libertarian Party out there hammering anti-war, anti-drug war, anti-Fed yeah. day in and day out, yeah. I'm going to recommend they join, regardless yeah. of my personal beliefs. So, like, yeah. you spread that network, even if it's even if uh, you know per- particular people aren't going to you know decide to to, to play that game. It's still you're it, how how many people do we know, Bird, who if they, if the Libertarian Party was out there just hammering those three principles, or maybe one additional, right, like, that that would be upset with. But the Libertarian even you, Car. But, but even you, Car.
1: If this party was hammering those three things home, and you didn't have to pay any money to join, and you were willing yeah, to tell other people to join, you would join. Right. Like you would just be like, yeah. "Why not? Why not? I'll, I'll give my information. That's necessary. I don't have to pay anything for this. I don't have to do anything. You would join too. I, it's that's a yeah, huge selling right. point." I mean, that's a huge selling yeah, point.
0: I mean, it, it, it's it's very difficult for me to hear, especially if there's if there is an action plan in place that looks like you could achieve something um, of anti-war, anti-fed, anti-drug war. It's like how like. Yeah, I mean, if,
1: if Tulsi but, but, Gabbard, who has absolutely no interest in libertarian anything at all, can manage to get so much love from libertarians for one position, what about a party full of people who have three positions they really love, <laughs> and and a culture to back it up and a brand to go with it? I mean, that's I mean, that's what we're that's what the goal is, right?
2: Uh, and that's that's an incredible point. So I'm not a Tulsi Gabbard fan, right? I've always said she's neither am I, Democrat, only because of the one issue, but. But, I mean, one thing that you notice is exactly what you said. I mean, she has literally one of our issues. Every other issue is antithetical to libertarianism. Um, and and even then, she's got just tons of fans who are willing to leave the Democratic Party and yes. and follow her on an independent run I, because of the uh, issue. You know what I mean? I Every have seen
1: uh, in like a, a, a tremendous number of people going, I don't like Tulsi, but she is the best out of the worst possible options. If you could just take that and go, well, you know what? These people have these three issues and they call themselves libertarians. That's like, that goes from the, 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 the lesser of two evils to, wow, I actually feel like (laughs) I'm voting for three issues that really matter here and not a candidate who doesn't give a shit about any of my other issues. It's. It's true. It's it's it well and here you
2: go. We've got five or six or ten candidates right now for president. And guess how many of them on the libertarian ticket are pro-war? Zero. Right. And <laughs> so so Tulsi's getting all of this, right. you know, exposure. She's the only pro or anti war candidate in either party right now. We have all of our candidates are anti war. We're getting zero exposure. Because we're not promoting them at all. Nope, it's not. We're we're making an active decision from central corporate to not yep. promote our candidates. Right, and it's just absurd.
1: Mm-hmm. I mean, Todd, if you didn't tell me you were running, no one would have told me. Like I, I, I wouldn't have known. It's you have to. It's crazy that the party isn't like this separate functioning thing from the person who leads it where it's willing to support absolutely everybody who's running for it and be like, yeah, look, we have all these options for you this time around. No, it's it serves the people who've been in, in power. And <laughs> I know that Joshua Smith was running because ever since he ever since he became... Ever, ever since the Mises caucus was a thing, he <laughs> said, I'm going to run when I get a chance. That's the only reason why I knew he was running. And now I know you're running. This party has... And I don't know if it's intentional or not, but this party, like you say, has a real problem with even letting people know what's going on. Yep. It's, it's a lot of communication problems.
2: Yeah. Yeah. We don't have uh, a communication strategy. That's for sure. And then it's disjointed when it does come out. You know, there'll be, there'll be one week where we're totally on message. Yep. There'll be the next week where our vice chair, you know, our former vice chair, Goes out and says something completely self-serving just to get attention,
3: Mm.
1: you
2: know. And then now there's times when our current chair says something, you know, that's so absurd that it just drives everybody in the
1: alienating.
2: You know what I mean? And and we just need to we just need to be a lot smarter and a lot crisper on our messaging. Yeah. If if we can't convince libertarians that the Libertarian Party is libertarian. (laughs) <laughs> then how are we going to convince right. other
3: people? Then well, right, that's
1: a great parties. point. The Libertarian <laughs> Party needs party whips. So if you ever need somebody to go in there and just kind of smash things up, just let us know. That can be us, Bert. <laughs> yeah. That can be
0: us. We can get like a dom- uh, dominatrix-like stuff, like leather and chains and stuff, and then we can just go running in and whip. That's what we'll do It from Childerberg. We'll base it out of Childerberg and we'll just go run in and whip people.
1: <laughs> so yeah, yeah, there you so go, Todd. Guy, when you're, When your administration like takes over... <laughs> Todd, when your administration takes over, just let us know. We'll be the party whips. So I, I'll have
2: to tell you that I was pretty disappointed about Schillerberg because I was hoping that you guys would be at the debate, kind of cheering me on.
0: Oh, well, <laughs> well you we know can, what? We can see if. We can see if we can jar a couple people loose and, and send them over there. I got to hold down the fort, man. It's yeah. it's, it's uh, me and Jacob's deal, but yeah. That's sure. actually
1: not a bad idea if we organized like a bar crawl, but to the LP convention. <laughs> oh, with the end of the LP and just a
0: bunch of drunk idiots.
1: <laughs> yeah, okay. All right. Maybe not in that order, especially not if they're all going, yeah, vote for Todd. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh man that would be uh that would not be good so what is that is that how the chair is elected it will happen at the con- at the convention
2: yep and so it basically delegates elect the chair um and so there will be a vote and you need 50 percent of the vote and if um nobody gets 50 they drop off i think the last one uh and they keep doing it it's um they keep going round and round usually it's only one or two rounds for the chair so um, someone
1: asked really me. Someone asked yeah. me recently if they were interested in if if I was interested in becoming a party delegate. Um, yes. so if I become that, I get to directly vote for you.
2: That's correct. Yep. You, would I'm, to gonna you to, go. I'm
1: gonna have to. I'm gonna have to consider that then. I mean, that's yep.
2: pretty the Queen's strong. delegate.
3: Yeah.
1: And
2: you get to come to a super fun convention, which is gonna be in Austin this year, and uh, and you get to vote for president, vice president, all the different positions. Um, so it's mm. it's really an interesting interesting process and i really enjoy it i mean i think that the fact that we nominate people who are very serious about the state party to go and be the delegates you know it's a much more effective efficient cheaper way than having primaries in every state sure so i like that um there is a little bit of delegate stacking which you've heard from the other parties you know that you have to be careful with um but it also encourages people like joshua and i to go out and try and talk to delegates and talk to people who might be delegates and get them on our side but it also gives us a chance at the convention to have a good debate and have some tables you know set up and talk to people while we're there and and really try and earn people's votes i gotta
1: go and become a delegate then (laughs) yeah yeah show
0: some support you can still still wear the leather too huh Yeah.
2: (laughs) yeah as long as
1: i get to do that sure Oh, (laughs) man. Well, today it seems like we weren't friends against government. We were, like, friends really trying to improve the state of the government,
0: (laughs) which I don't know how I quite feel about that, but... (laughs) I apologize. (laughs)
3: take you guys so far off brand <laughs>
0: so, yeah. yeah yeah we well, every now and then we get a little bit off brand sorry right. we'll, we'll come back next week and <laughs> we will we will well todd thank you
1: very much we'll get your plugs in a second uh we really appreciate uh that you're coming on i really me personally i really appreciate that you're running and you're doing this because at the very least people who listen to this who have some interest in the party they hear your the problems that you have with it and they go you know what Those are problems with the party and let's do something about it. And I hope they turn that into a vote for you. Uh, And if they don't, I hope they themselves run and we at least have a lively party that uh, can make decisions and doesn't look embarrassing on the main stage. And when I I tell my friends and people who I go to school with that I'm a libertarian, they not only go, oh, that's cool, but they actually know what it is. That, that that's that's <laughs> I, I think, you know, we started this podcast car a long time ago, but a consistent issue that we've always taken on whenever the part, problem of the party comes up is the brand is out of control. It's terrible. Uh, it's 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 gotten away from, you know, it's gotten away from the ideologues, but it's also gotten away from the effective like pragmatists. So it's just kind of in the middle of nowhere right now. Um, so Todd, hopefully you and your plan getting elected when you do get elected, you'll be able to bring a good change to this. So, uh, car, do you have anything you want or should we go right to plugs?
0: No, I think I'd just offer, just offer again, you know, there's a lot of people that are listening to this that are not politically inclined, uh, you know, from the, the more ideological anarchists, uh, to the people that are just bored with politics. And I'm kind of, I'm probably both, uh, to be honest <laughs> with you, but, uh, it's, it's, uh, it's. Again, it's like if you want to play the game, play it to win. If not, like I, to me, for the Libertarian Party, should either play to win and not be a fucking embarrassment, or it should not exist. Like I I think both of those things would be better than than the current state of affairs because right now it's just dragging the name into the mud. And again, you hear like, oh, you're a Libertarian, you like, and then and it's you're associated with like, I don't know, you know, Gary Johnson, all this shit, and uh, like either. Dissolve as an organization and abandon the name, and give the, liber- the true libertarians the name back, or mm. go and and, and c- consolidate the message. Come up with s- some core tenets that literally any libertarian believes. Every single libertarian that you go up to is going to believe in anti-war, anti-drug, or anti-fed. Period. Like if you don't, you're not. A, you're just not a libertarian. Um, and so, consolidate the message. Come up with a, a, a cohesive brand, and and go and try and fucking do something. Make some noise. Go win something. Yeah. So I'm stoked.
2: Good, no, I, and thank you guys for having me on. I appreciate the time. I appreciate the friendship, and I hope I can come back on and we can have just kind of more of a, you know, friends against government. Y- you, podcast. Well, <laughs> all
0: right, here you go though. <laughs> once you be once you become the LP chair, then we'll start. Then you we can come on and you can help us like rail on you for for the. There being we go. <laughs> yeah. You guys
3: can then then you can roast me for an hour yeah
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, we'll Todd. Be to As soon how you about this, a part of Todd?
1: Game. When you become the LP chair. You come on our show to do some fireside chats.
2: Hey, you know we will do that. We will for sure do that. <laughs> there you go. On one condition, that's what I need from you guys. Go out and get some of these mems fired up, and I want to start using them throughout this campaign.
1: Oh hell yeah, we'll mem it. Oh, up. yeah, we will mem it up. We will mem. Okay. We'll mem it up.
2: <laughs> I appreciate it. <sighs> All
1: right, uh, Todd, what's the kind of plugs you got? Uh, give me absolutely everything you have.
2: Okay, so most important thing, more important than any kind of fundraising I could do possible. As I mentioned before, we only have 15,000 members in this party. If you are on the fence and you want to make a difference, go to toddhagopian.com. It'll actually take you directly to a join page, and you can join the party. Okay, so get that in there, toddhagopian.com. If you are on the fence, just do it. Join for the next year. This is an important election. Be involved um libertarian in chief at todd hagopian on twitter um it's how you find me feel free to message me there i'm pretty responsive and then um if you want to look at my platform in a little more detail go to libertarianinchief.com all one word libertarianinchief.com oh, man
1: you got a good that's a, you got a good url
2: <laughs> yeah, hey you know it's all about branding right, <laughs> and, uh, right. So, libertarianinchief.com, and there you can find my platform. You can find the donation page. You can find the endorsement page, anything that you want, uh, as well as an email there that you can get to me, which is Todd at Cool.
1: All right, man. Thank you very much. I will make sure I get all that in there. Thank you very much for coming on, Todd. Good luck to you. Best of luck to you. And keep us in touch. And, I, and I'm going to make it a personal vendetta of mine to get as many people as I possibly can to vote for you, get in the party and vote for you. And I hope everybody I uh, listening joins in because, you know, Todd is our guy. Todd has been our guy from the beginning. <laughs> and what do we do? What do we do on this podcast? We support our guy. That's what we do. Yeah,
3: that's, that's what <laughs> But
2: we do. I will tell you that every time I do an Ask Me Anything and somebody asks me what my favorite podcast is. Oh, I know.
1: The we know. know. No, you we do. know. You but, do. But yeah. you know the oh, interesting
2: is if you look back a year ago, when I'd say that, everyone would be like, "Who?" And now they're like, "I love those guys." You know I mean? <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, yes, I mean, we, guys, congratulations. We're growing together. We just passed uh, past episode 100 or something. We did. Yeah, I mean, yeah. congratulations. This is uh, thank you. This has really turned into something, and I, I'm proud to um, have been on here twice, and I'm proud to come on again. So it's oh, really enjoy great.
1: It. Get, I'm getting misty eyed. I'm getting misty eyed over here. I hate politics. <laughs> let's 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 Carl, <laughs> Let's let's wrap this one up. Uh.
0: All right, all right. Well, I'm sure we'll be uh, coming back with some updates, and and uh, and we'll be uh, uh, that scarlet thread will 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 intertwine some more. Uh, but until then, Todd, thanks so much for coming on, and keep two hands on the wheel.
3: Yeah. Whoa. Yeah.